Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker Podcast, Westwood One, joins us now on 365 Sports with Craig Smoke, Paul Catalina, and I'm David Smoke. Ross, thank you very much for your time. So uh, you were there yesterday in Baltimore. Uh, your thoughts about what what Kansas City got accomplished again and what the Ravens have to be so frustrated with ever since that game ended. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Kansas City Chiefs have made a lot of teams frustrated in recent years. You know, they guys, they really do remind me of like the Brady Belichick Patriots where it feels like every time they play, the other team is like, oh, that one play, or it, but but it didn't, you know? Like, the Bills were like that. It's like when the Patriots, you know, Lee Evans, if he catches the ball, or Billy Cundiff makes the field goal, or whatever. We're seeing that all over again now with what we're seeing with the Chiefs. I mean, you know, I was surprised, I guess, as much as anything, that the Chiefs were able to go out on the first two drives and have those two long touchdown drives. That was stunning. And that really set the tone for the entire game. It did. Because I think that Todd Monk and the Ravens offensive coordinator, after that happened, he was like, oh boy, uh, we can't stop them. And I think Todd Monken got away from what the Ravens were all year I mean, I think they had six carries by running backs in the game. And I know a lot of times this year they had the lead and whatever. And I know they were down by two scores and the Chiefs were possessing the ball a lot. But still, it just felt to me like they really abandoned the run. I mean, I would have loved to have seen some more Gus Edwards and some more Lamar Jackson design runs. I mean, it's it's the championship. Yeah, Ross, um, I was going to ask you about that. And you see a lot of games. You, you've called a lot of games. What is it about that first drive that sometimes sends coaches into the, well, this isn't going to work. It was just the first drive. I mean, like, you know, go out and match them. The, the first three plays right after that were not very Ravens-like uh, in response to that touchdown drive. Right. And I would say, you know, in fairness, you know, you really don't know what the other guy's plan is before the game. And so the the first drive, you've come up with what you think their plan's going to be and how you're going to attack it. Or you have a bunch of different personnel groupings because you want to see what their plan is. What do they do when we have two tight ends? What do they do when we're an empty? Like, what's their matchup? And then... You're talking, you're saying, okay, they're they're matching, they're bringing big guys in when we have big guys, or whatever it is that you think gives you the tactical advantage, and then you go from there. I am not sure 
Now, they didn't have success running the ball in the first drive, the, the Ravens, but I'm not sure why they went away from it as quickly as they did. I also I really don't understand why on these third and ones you're giving the ball to Justice Hill out of the gun. Like, what about Lamar or what about Gus Edwards? It, it was almost like in my head, it's like they outthought themselves. Like, well, they, they're probably expecting Lamar or Gus Edwards. So instead, let's give it to Justice Hill. Like, wait, what? No, 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 no. Give it to the, get, do what brought you here. And that's probably my frustration with the Ravens. It felt like they didn't, they didn't do what got them to this point. Ross, it used to be death taxes in the Patriots, and now it's becoming very quickly death taxes in the Chiefs every February in the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't do it with Patrick Mahomes throwing for a 1,000 yards in that game, but making big throws when he needed to. Kelsey, obviously huge, and the defense was fantastic. Uh, and it was just a couple months ago. People were ready to read them their last rights, which is a bit silly, but here they are again. And what's impressed you about how they've gotten back to this same spot? Um the path that they had to take and the fact that they're doing it a different way. You know, it's always been led by the offense and the defense was good enough. This year they've been led by the defense. And Mahomes even said after the game, I've learned to manage the game more and and let the defense win it, which I thought was stunning for him to say, right? That, you know, a guy that's off to maybe the best career we've ever seen to say something like that, it's really impressive. But, they, dude, this is a tough road. I was not envisioning the Chiefs going to Buffalo and to Baltimore and winning both of those games. That This is by far the toughest path they've had to take to get to the Super Bowl. It, it's super impressive. So, Ross, uh, when, when you look at Dan Campbell, what he's done at Detroit, which is amazing, uh, he had to make some decisions yesterday. Everything he's done, pretty much, he's touched. It's turned to gold. Uh, is that a second guess? Did he make the right decision? Was it both the decisions that were right or wrong? How did, how did you take it right uh, as a guy that has played the game? Well, first of all, the decision to run it on third and goal after the two-minute warning is an unacceptable inexcusable error okay because if you have to burn a time out there you basically have to kick it on that kick and you have to get it to win the game that is not okay that that really bothered me i don't think we're talking enough about that they still had a chance to win the game if they just throw the ball on third down you cannot run it there the field goal decisions are interesting i'm actually going to write a column about that this week for the 33rd team, encourage people to check out my social media at Ross Tucker NFL because I'll post it up there for you. But, you know, not all fourth downs are created equal. And what I mean by that is, you know, I want to know the process whereby they're making some of these decisions. You know what I mean? Like, is it just fourth and two at the 30? It's a 47-yard field goal. You know, your percentage chance of getting it is this. Your percentage chance of the kicker making it is this. Is it that? Is it just, hey, man, this is who we are. We're aggressive. We're going to go for it. Because the way I look at it is this, guys. Even if you convert on the first fourth down that they have, there's a pretty good percentage chance that you still kick a field goal on the drive anyway. It's just a closer field goal. 
So is it worth And even if you get the touchdown, you're making it a three-score game. Well, guess what? The field goal makes it a three-score game. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, it's like the difference between being up by 21 and 17 is not as significant as the difference between being up 17 and 14. You got to get to the 70. You got to get to that extra score. And they didn't do that. And then later in the game, when you could have tied the game, I thought the same thing. I, I really thought this is not like you're down six and this cuts it to three or, you know, you're up three. Like, like I, I think, I don't think every one of these decisions should just, I think you really need to take into, uh, into account the context and the score of the game. And I wonder if all of their models do that. Ross, uh, Brock Purdy in the second half was flawless. It just uh, absolute gamer, you know, made some, you know, got away with some of the stuff that Brock Purdy can get away with sometimes. You know, he has those times, but um, he has well outplayed his draft stock, obviously. Uh, what do you think of, of the people who still are criticizing Brock Purdy after what he has been able to accomplish this season? It's unfortunate, but I'm not surprised. He's got two things going against him. Number one is, I heard somebody else say this, so I stole it from them, draftism. Mm -hmm. Draftism. And it's a very real thing. You take a guy in the top five, boy, they're going to, or top ten, they're going to get a lot of chances, and people are going to say, whoa, you know, I've seen this. This is ever since I played, guys. You could draft the guy in the first round. He could have nine bad plays, and then the tenth play is good, and the coaches will be like, Woo! Did you see that one? That's why he was a first-round pick. Did you see that? Meanwhile, you could have a guy like me, undrafted free agent, nine good plays, then one bad one. See, that's why he wasn't drafted. See what, you see that one right there? Like, that's how it works. It's insane. It's draftism. Zach Wilson's gotten 20 different chances with the Jets. He can't play. Brock Purdy, I mean, he's good. The other thing is, He's not social media worthy, meaning like Josh Allen has ridiculous plays and throws and runs and Mahomes does and Lamar Jackson runs all over the place. Brock Purdy, like, he had some runs yesterday, actually. But throwing the ball on time to, you know, the receiver in rhythm, nobody says wow about that. And other, like, you actually go back to like Tom Brady. Did Tom Brady ever wow you? Like, wow, a five-yard pass to Wes Welker. You know, even when he did have a nice pass, it was like, wow, did you see what Gronk did there? Did yep. you see Randy Moss? Like, Tom Brady didn't physically wow you. He beat you with his brain and accuracy, and that's Purdy. Ross, one more thing before we get to my frontpagestory.com is uh, I saw your tweet uh oh yeah i know you i know you so you actually had interaction with uh the the guy the, the superstar and taylor swift yeah i heard you guys talking about it when you were bringing me on yeah i don't know if we ever talked about this david but she's from my hometown oh i didn't know oh. that okay yeah yeah it's a, it's an hour west of philly it's Probably not as big as Waco, but it's called uh, Redding, Pennsylvania. In in particular, uh, Wyoming, Pennsylvania. And so, um, so I've actually talked to her a couple times before. Um, 2007, 2015, before concerts she had. But it's been a while. 
And as the sideline reporter for Westwood One, you get to uh, you get to interview that winning head coach and quarterback after they get the trophy. So I'm just standing there by the steps, and she's right there. And I'm like, I got to say something to her, but she's not going to remember me. I didn't have a beard the last time I met her, you know? So I pull up a picture on my phone from her concert in May where with her dad. Her dad likes football, and I'm pretty good friends with him. Her dad was my daughter's. And I showed her the picture. I said, Taylor. I showed her the picture. She looks at it. I said, I'm Ross Tucker from Why Missing. I'm good friends with your dad. And so she looks at me. She goes, oh, yeah. I know you. I know you. And uh, I missed a golden opportunity, fellas. I should have said right back to her, I know you. I know you. Yeah, Yeah, you put a selfie up there on the phone, then you get another 100 million people that follow you. Okay, Valentine's Day, this is always a special thing you you promote. Myfrontpagestory.com. Uh, for a mother, a grandmother, for your wife, a girlfriend, uh, your thoughts about, yet again, myfrontpagestory.com. You know what? Now I think about it, I talked to Travis Kelsey before the game. I should have tried to convince him to get one of these for Taylor Swift. <laughs> that, that would have done much bigger numbers than anything else I'm doing to promote the business. Uh, my buddy started it, and David, with your background, You'll appreciate it. And I know you know about it, but it's the best Valentine's Day gift I've ever heard of. Right? Like, what does everybody else do? Flowers or like a gift card or you take her out to dinner? All that stuff. Oh, by that, that reminds me, actually, I got to get something for my wife. Um, I can't do this because I'm part owner of the business. You guys can, though. You talk to a writer for 10 minutes or you fill out an email with like five questions. Tell them how great your significant other is. They write this incredible story about her. It's amazing. You and her on the cover picture, like kids. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper down there. And then here's the two things. Key, guys. Make sure when you give it to her, you say, oh, I want to do something special for you. So I had a story written about you. Like, that just sounds amazing. So romantic. And then make sure you tell the writer, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does for me and the kids or the family or whatever. Even if, David, even if you can't think of one thing she does, just say that. Just say that. Because I've seen seven videos now of them crying when they say, oh, he notices, he notices. Myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. Then they'll have it hanging up in the house forever. It's amazing. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.